Hey, time for you to reach your full potential. Getting into health and fitness, this is what you're missing. Going harder, ain't nothing gonna stop you. Go on a journey with genetics coach Laura Rogers. Yeah, here to take you to the next level. Been in the health and fitness industry since 07. Working with so many athletes. Push it to the limit with world champions, yeah, and some Paralympians. Hey, working from Brisbane to Singapore. We train, we going hard. All out, we keep it raw. Laura Rogers, let's go. Hi. 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 Gotcha. How are you? How are you? Okay. Yeah, good. How are you? Not bad. Can you hear me all right? Yeah. Nice and cool. I'm just trying to oh. prop, prop my camera up on something <laughs> so I can. Got to find the magic and see people. Yeah. How's it going? How have you been? Good. Yeah. Is it cloudy there? It looks like it's cloudy. It is a little bit overcast, but it's very humid, very warm. So, sounds like Singapore. it's nice. It's nice. Yeah. Beats the cold of Melbourne. Are you enjoying it? Sorry, say that again. Beats the cold of Melbourne. Are you oh hell yeah! <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't want to ever go back there. So, not turning back. This is so much nicer. Oh yay! Mm. Well, our last podcast did super well. It's still the second highest ranking episode of. All the episodes so like that's yeah. pretty cool yeah that's fine <laughs> that's a sign to have you back i'm glad you're back thank you um, yeah, thanks for thinking of yeah doing this with me oh cool. well i i just really i think there's so much marketing so much misinformation so much mm. conflicting information and i i really value people who you know sing the song of like just focus and focus on two things, doing them really well, keep doing them, mm -hmm. and stop getting shiny object syndrome and just looking at the latest, flashiest in vogue diet, which you'll get bored of within a month and fall off the bandwagon in six months. And, you know, so exactly, yeah, who are out there really just speaking the truth and not sugarcoating things. I think we need more people like that. So you're for sure in that category, and you know, it's we see that we see that with the work that you do with your clients when we think about the new year and okay we're into the second month of the new year by this point most people will have given up on their goals most people will have stopped working towards what they wanted to achieve by as of like two days ago yeah yeah that's that's just a statistical fact and most people have mm -hmm. some goal related to nutrition fitness exercise um i think i read about a third of the population at any given time has at least one goal related to those categories. So when we embark on creating change, that's no easy task. And I, I want to hear from you what you feel is an approach that works or approaches that work and what people are really worth, um, what, what is worth people spending their time and limited energy and resources on when it comes to moving the needle on their health and fitness and nutrition? Mm. I think what you said about people give up, you know, very quickly on their goals is they try and overhaul and fix everything at once. They've got mm -hmm. these 10 grand goals related mm -hmm. to um, whatever it might be to change their body, mm. um, but they're expecting too much. They're, they're aiming for perfection, expecting to completely change all of their habits that surround these 10 
things that they want to change. Instead, just focus on make three changes that are sustainable or change a couple of habits that are that aren't going to, you know, that you're not going to hate your life for, for changing mm. to start mm. with. Um, that might be instead of aiming for five sessions a week, which you don't need to do, put your effort into three or four a week. If you haven't trained, if you haven't done any weight training for six to 12 months, you don't have to go in and start even with four. Mm-hmm. My clients might start with three and they're getting amazing results from those because they can put all the effort and time in that. That's three hours a week of training. Mm-hmm. It's not much. Um yeah, focus on quality over quantity or the intensity of a session over volume as well. Mm. Um, that's sort of, yeah, that's one thing. Don't try to overhaul everything at once. Set mm. a couple of you know, two or three goals and put all of your energy and focus in that, on those mm. to make those work impossible. I really um, one thing. agree with that where I like to look with people is meeting them where they're at and asking them, you know, what feels the most doable for you now? Because sure, we can go really Mm. crazy. If we wanted to go to town, we could list potentially 20, if not 30 different habits and items of your life that we could improve and work on, whether it's energy, sleep quality, hydration, daily step count, um, you know, dedicated time to exercise, like a structured workout, um, mm. nutrition, like getting organized with groceries, meal plans, um, what to eat when you're eating out. Like, I mean, that's just a small list. We could work on all of that, but you're going to feel overwhelmed in two seconds flat. And then you're going to feel discouraged because you will feel as though you've made no improvement in any of those areas. Or the moment you don't see a change in one area, it's like your whole world's going to come tumbling down and like, oh, it's not mm. worth it. I knew I was going to fail. I didn't get a perfect. What is the point of this? And so what I think helps people continue to create change is allowing them to succeed and see themselves succeed. So I like to start with, okay, yes, there's a ton of things we could do, but what feels the most doable for you now? And I think a lot of people look for the hardest thing to work on first. Is that something that you see? Yeah as well i think so um to do with uh the amount of workouts they think they need to do or the amount of meal prep they need to do Mm. if they've never really done that before if they've always brought bought food out they haven't really cooked (laughs) you know prepared any sort of meals at home Mm. you can you can start with things that are just super convenient you don't have to have a cooked breakfast every morning. You can make a quick smoothie. You can mm. use the rice sachet, quick cups, microwave, microwavable rice, uh, things like that, the the veggies that are already, you know, the steam fresh veggies, just things you can chuck in the microwave mm. rather than thinking that they've got to spend several hours meal prepping. And dicing and chopping and freezing yeah. and defrosting. I completely agree. I I think people in that instance are better off maybe looking at one meal a day that they can consistently prepare and Mm -hmm. getting into that routine. And I I usually like to start with breakfast because it's the start of the day. It sets the tone for the rest of the day. 
you know, if you feel as though you've started the day doing something well and having success in in that, then it kind of spills over into the the rest of the regions of the life. So if it's like, oh, well, mm-hmm. my breakfast was organized, it was high protein, you know, it was really nourishing, healthy, then people are more likely to make a better choice when it comes to lunch. And so even if they eat out, they feel so good because of the breakfast they had, they feel like such a, a sense of accomplishment. Like, yes, I made a really good breakfast. It felt really good, digested really well, feeling really energized. They they want to keep the ball rolling. So when they get to lunch, it's like, oh, okay, so I'm eating out. But, you know, how do I eat out in a more conscious manner? And mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people feel the need to grow the fruit and veg at home. It's like they have to grow it organically. They have to peel it and chop it themselves. They have to cook it. They then have to remember to take it to work. And I'm like, you're not a farmer and a full-time banker or a full-time, you know, like, no, you have your job. You do your job well, okay? And you're not expected to have all the answers when it comes to everything else, right? Like, Mm. I don't do my own dentistry because I'm not a dentist. So that would make no sense. I don't do my contracts because I'm not a lawyer. I outsource, right? So I think you're so right in finding those those shortcuts, which people are often to label as cheats. You know, it's like, oh, but I didn't grow it. Oh, but I, it's not organic. Oh, but I didn't, you know, it's not green. Oh, but it's not, it doesn't meet these standards, X, Y, and Z. And it's like, you are just getting in your own way. Like, Mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah. have to be like that. It doesn't have to be so strenuous, you know? At the end of the day, if you're eating more protein than before and more vegetables than before, that's probably a really good thing. And I, I think exactly. Just, yeah. Right? They get so obsessed with meeting all these impossible standards that they just don't go anywhere. Yeah. Whatever you are about to change has to be sustainable um, or something that you can work on to integrate into your lifestyle not not something that's the complete opposite unless of course you usually uh you know drink every night and eat donald's for lunch then yeah you have to kind (laughs) of that's a big change that you're gonna have to make if you actually want to change your body um but you know get up 15 minutes earlier to make a breakfast instead of just driving to work and skipping it or Mm getting you know surviving on coffee for the, until mid-afternoon <laughs> and then wondering <laughs> why you have no energy but you're completely mm, exactly yeah and 15 minutes yeah. is one percent of our day so 15 minutes is not a huge sacrifice when it comes to time because we're all time poor in our own eyes we're all busy in our own eyes we all have no energy no time to do anything in our own eyes so when mm. we break it down when we look at okay well what time Am I actually able to dedicate towards this? Chances are you spend a lot of time going out to eat. So if we were to take half of that time and put it into meal prep or put it into, you know, a walk three times a week to get your steps up, it's just like kind of recalibrating, do you know? And I, yeah, it is. It's like, well, okay, we know that you have 24 hours in a day and that's cool. And some people, have jobs that start at 6 a.m. and don't finish till 9 p.m. And so that time is then used in that manner. And then some people have children. So is everyone's 24 hours exactly the same and identical in terms of their circumstances? No, but you do spend your time in a certain way and you do have influence over that. So how are you currently using that time versus 
how could you use that time? What is the potential that that time could bring back to your health? And I think that's what people are yet to kind of understand because obviously very different outcomes. Someone who dedicates two hours a week to walking is going to have different outcomes to someone who uses those same two hours to just mindlessly scroll through social media or watch Netflix or like, I don't know, goes out and drinks with friends on a Friday night, every Friday night. And, you know, I think there's a time and a place for that. But if it's not deliberate and if it's not intentional, if you're just doing it because everyone else is doing it, then what is it bringing back to you is what I'm interested to understand. Yeah, I think if if you really just sit down and look at a typical day, a weekday and a weekend and how you, what you're actually filling your time with, you'll be surprised with, mm. you know, surprised how much time you do have to prioritise Mm. little little things that um, will add up towards you being successful with getting anywhere mm. in terms okay. of achieving a body goal, strength and, and strength goals. Um, yeah. I guess change comes as a result of people investing in two areas. They invest with their finances and they invest with their time. And so when people argue that they don't have one or the other, it does make me wonder where the rest of their time or the rest of their finances go. It's like, well, in Singapore, the markup on alcohol is like 300%. It's something ridiculous. I'm like, so (laughs) you're cool to (laughs) enjoy bottles of wine and what have you, but your budget for resistance classes or personal training is like $80. (laughs) what <laughs> you can't have yeah. you 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 can't be exactly. out and drinking and spending all your money on alcohol and fancy restaurants three nights a week and then also wanting to look like you're ready to jump on the cover of sports illustrated <laughs> yeah you can't have both exactly bit of a disconnect um, and so what is it that you usually start on with people when they come to you and they're like okay so I've been abusing my body I've been neglecting my health this is where I want to take it what are some really tangible things that you get people to start doing because as you said we can't work on everything all at once that's a journey um but what are those tangible steps that you get people working on I usually I'll ask them about how well they sleep at night a lot of people just aren't getting enough quality sleep because um, there's nutrition and the training which you have control over mm. and then there's a few other variables that are going to help them to get to where they want to be mm. obviously yeah there's a lot more you and I know there's a lot more to it than that but you want to start with a couple of things and you look at their their sleep their sort of their habits before bed taking your mobile to bed and um, you know scrolling is going to keep you up at night. So I just suggest ways to get an even an hour extra sleep at night, which is going to give them more energy, make them feel better, be less likely to crave the mm. junk food that they've been habitually eating, um, have more energy to train and just feel better. Um, and obviously sleep has a huge impact on fat loss um, and muscle gain. So getting their sleep, under control is one thing um I'm not, I'm not a sleep expert but 
there are some really basic things that you can do to improve that. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people don't drink enough water as well. Um, so just suggesting to get a massive two-litre bottle of water and try and get through that mm-hmm. during the day as a minimum. Some people will be lucky to have half a litre sometimes in a day. So that's another big, that's another important variable that, you know, you're going to retain water, feel sluggish and just mm-hmm. not be able to train properly and potentially hurt yourself in mm-hmm. the gym if you're not drinking enough water. Um, obviously I go, you know, I go into more detail with nutrition, but I try and make it as simple as possible in terms of meal prep. And if they are someone who, uh, due to whatever job they have, they're always going out for lunches with clients then I make suggestions for what to order. So they're not stressed out going on, but I can't follow my diet hundred percent. I need to eat out all the time rather than just going, oh, don't worry about it, mm. you know, giving them suggestions. Um, yeah, and then just starting off with a very simple strength training program. This is for someone who might not have any experience at all. So mm. start off with two or three weight sessions a week. If they're training with me one-on-one, two is plenty to start with. Mm-hmm. But just keep it manageable, keep it simple instead of having to – manage meal prep, learn how to meal prep, then fit in all these training sessions, learning learning all these exercises. If you give them too many things, it's just it's, too it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Very. My um most recent podcast was on procrastination and there's five reasons why people procrastinate. Everything comes kind of back to these five reasons, so they're not mutually exclusive. And one of the reasons is um, fear of failure. And another was actually overwhelm. It just seems like Mm. too much, right? So that ties back into people wanting to get things perfect. And what I think people need to do is zoom out and get that bigger um, overarching perspective of, okay, so you skipped a workout today. You didn't make it to the gym today, but you made it to the gym twice last week and twice the week before and so that's four workouts that you wouldn't have usually done because you're going from zero exercise to now exercise can we not just like celebrate the fact that you've done four workouts when you usually do zero and then focus on Mm. that to keep you going whereas people typically focus on the negatives and what they don't have and what they didn't do and where they fucked up right because fear of being rejected by you know the clan, our tribe, the people around us. Um, so that obviously increases that that loss of safety. No one wants to be rejected. No one wants to be outcast. But this is where people really need to see that fork in the road and go, okay, I have a choice here. I can choose the perspective of I didn't go today, so what is the point? I'm a failure. I can't do this. I'm going to give up like I always give up. Or you can go, hang on. If I zoom out for two seconds and just look at what I've done in the last week for my health, what have I done in the last month for my health? What have I done in the last six months for my health? Like you think your body doesn't notice all those changes? Because I say this to people all the time, Mm. an extra liter of water a day over the course of the year, it feels massively different. An extra thousand steps a day over the course of a year feels massively different. That's a very different body to live in. And your body is going to notice that. But 
as you say, we can be so impatient. We want that instant gratification. We want to see the change now. And it's so much slower than people realize. You know, I would say mm. most people are not going to see signs of the body that they want, that they really, really, really desire until they've been training consistently, probably closer to two years as a minimum. They're not really going to start to look athletic. They're not really going to start to have, you know, muscle pop striations until they've been consistently training for two years, kind of at a minimum, right? And yeah. it's it's a challenge because you want to get people doing something positive for themselves. As a trainer, you want to get people in the gym. You want to get people working with you because you know they need a lot of help, more help than they know. But you don't want to discourage them by saying, hey, it's going to be two years before you're like, damn, look at this. So, you know, it's really a fine balance of keeping people engaged in the process because people are not light switches and they really think they are. They think we can just go like no carbs, no sugar, no alcohol, no socializing, no pizzas, no burgers. But that's just not life. And again, it kind of sets them up to fail when they observe that mindset of I have to get everything right. I have to get it right every single time. My nutrition has to be right. My sleep has to be right. My hydration has to be right. And so keeping people engaged in the process, I think, is like a real art as a coach and as a trainer. Yeah, it's that 80-20 rule, I think, of if you can, you know, aim to do your best, but you're going to have days where you, know, you won't sleep properly the night before and your training might suffer a, a little bit, but you're there, you're doing your best and, you know, it's better than just sitting at home going on. Too tired, I'm not going to do it. I mean, obviously, there are days where you are genuinely, if you did not sleep mm. a wink of sleep the night before, then, yeah, probably don't train. But um, if, you try, if you're aiming for perfect all the time, you're just going to set yourself up to fail and quit early. Yeah. Really. Um, yeah. I think to maybe people see fitness professionals on social media who they they lack that context when when people see people are people being those who are looking to make those changes when they see you know fitspo you know fitness professionals fitfluencers they don't understand that this has been years like this is my 12th consecutive year of training before that, mm -hmm. I was injured. Before that, I swam for like 12 years competitively. So people just, they just see the vision like, oh, my God, like, I want that. I'm like, cool. You want to dedicate the next 12 years to getting there? <laughs> because, I mean, that's what I've been doing. And, and this is also my job. Like, exercise for me is very accessible. And for people like us, because we work in a gym, you know, where like we don't have to overcome the obstacle of getting to the gym. I am already in the gym when I'm working. So it's one location for me to go to, right? I have the luxury mm -hmm. that I can work out here as well if I choose. Um, I can bring my food here and leave it here. I don't have to, you know, find a place to refrigerate my meals. I remember, remember to take that with me to the gym to eat before I train. So I, I think people also lack that context when they see a person who's been in it for a while who has you know worked on their their art and their craft being a health and fitness professional it's like yeah but I also didn't start out this way 
I started with three sessions in the gym a week because I was coming back from injury. And that's what my body would let me do at the time. And they were short workouts. It was maybe an hour, hour mm. 20 at absolute most, right? And I was also not a PT back then. That came about two years after. And then three sessions a week became four because my body would allow me to do that. And my physio said, okay, you can do that now. Four became five enough. You know, five is kind of my norm. Um, but people don't see that. Like it took me years to get to five sessions a week. And I do that because I like that and it fits my lifestyle. It doesn't fit everyone's lifestyle. Um, mm. Nutritionally speaking, I've learned a lot since embarking on this chapter of my journey. I was put on a 1200 calorie diet by a nutritionist who obviously didn't know what they were doing because no one should be in a 1200 calorie diet. That's just not great, right? You can't get enough nutrients on a 1200 calorie diet. <laughs> um, it's not enough for a growing girl, let alone a grown woman. So, you know, I've, I've come a long way in that respect as well. And now like two grams of protein per kilo of body weight over, I'm like over that every single day. But that's something that I've worked on, um, worked on learning and understanding and learning how I can, you know, fit that in throughout my day and my schedule when my schedule is busy. But I, I think people really, they kind of see like the end goal and they don't really reverse engineer. It's like, no, 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 no. At the third year mark, I was training five times a week and four times a week, some weeks. At the five-year mark, I learned this and I started training this way. At the six-year mark, I started to do this. At the seven-year mark, I started to do this. Like, there's just no perspective because, again, people are so zoomed in on making change, making change, making change, making change, making change, making change, that they forget, like, hang on, what is the reality of your life, though? Because if you travel once a week every month, we have to factor that in. Mm. And if you have food sensitivities and allergies, which are yet to be diagnosed, we need to factor that in. So I really think people, again, we just want the, the satisfaction of having lost 10 kilos, 10% body fat, feeling like you got your pre-pregnancy body back, like you're ready to be on, you know, the front cover of a, a magazine or to do like a photo shoot because you're feeling really good in your own skin, which is amazing. But it just, people don't create change the way they think they do is what I would say. Yeah. As in you've got to start small and um, not look at someone who's been training 10 plus years and trying to make all the changes that would fit and match what they're doing at yeah. that mark. It's, it's everything's second nature by that stage. Totally. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Cause I think I read that habit formation in fact is not 21 days. It's a minimum of 66 and up to 250 and that's, that's huge like 66 is what is that 10 11 weeks why is math so challenging today <laughs> um, like numbers 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 but that that's much closer to 10 weeks yeah but that's just a minimum and that's just one behavior that's just one habit and people hit jan first and they're like I'm going to drink more water. I'm going to drink less alcohol. I'm going to not eat carbs because 
my hairdresser doesn't and she lost weight. I'm going to like go for a 5k run three times a week, even though I hate running. These all sound like terrible ideas. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I just, I think the more extreme uh, goal is, the less likely it is to be sustained. Oh, 100%. Right. And the more extreme the habit is that you're trying to change. Yeah. Um, Have you heard of habit stacking? I think it's called. Oh, is it a concept from Atomic Habits? Yeah. Where if you, just a small habit, you Mm -hmm. put it, sandwich it in between two others to make it like stretching. Let's say you're meant to stretch your hamstrings every day. Yes. If you, if you do that in between taking a shower and cleaning your teeth, yeah. You're more likely to remember it because it's in between two other things that come naturally, hopefully, every day. Um, that, that is such a good book. I've listened to it mm. 16 times. I would say yeah. as a minimum, I probably listened to it 16 times because I think every time I hear it, there's another <laughs> takeaway. There's just so much tactical, tangible advice in there. Every time I listen, I'm like, oh, yeah, I it's great. Yeah. hear that the first five times I listen to it. Um, but you're so right. I actually stretch my hamstrings when I brush my teeth. Oh, okay, cool. Why there you not? go. That was a good example. Then. <laughs> That's such a good what example. I, I was like, right. I genuinely do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like to use habit tracking apps as well. Do you use those with your clients? I don't actually. What, what have you got? Uh, okay. The so there's a few. I personally have strides. I think it's called or is it called streaks? Let me, it's called strides. Um, I think there's a free version and a paid version. There's Habify, which I think I had for some time. One that I really like, which is very, very simple and very user-friendly, easy to customize your own options is called coach.me. And I believe there's communities within each habit as well. So if there's a common habit, for example, drinking water there might be like two thousand people who all have the same thing that they're working on and it's cool because it kind of brings in a community element to that habit but you can also customize you can also just add your own um and then if other people you know find the one that you've added and like yeah okay i also like that then they can join too but it's super super customizable i really like coach.me um okay cool and i like this i have different tasks and different habits on different days as well so that I can adjust my focus whether that's in business or tidying the house cleaning the house um or with like for me mobility work and stretching um, I'm trying really hard to get better at spending like 10 minutes of just doing mobility work um I'm trying to get to an hour each week basically so I'm trying to Mm -hmm. chunk it into 10 15 minute uh blocks so every day I'm focusing on like a slightly different muscle group or a different body part um, to build that into routine. So that I really like as well, because I think people need to focus more. If we're talking about sustainability, then we need to look at consistency. And if we look at like a habit tracking app, then again, you can kind of zoom out and see, okay, well, over the past week, I managed to do this four times, whereas last week I only did it twice. And that's a really fun way to stay motivated as well because it's like, okay, so if I did it four times this week, next time I'm going to try and do it five times. And again, that might be, I'm going to try and drink three liters of water five times in the next week. And 
it, it gives yeah, you that cool. perspective. I think, which again, people lack, and that's why they are so critical of themselves. That's why they give up. They get so focused on wanting that instant gratification. Um, and more importantly, too, I think if you look at consistency, how many days in a row did you do it before you broke that streak? So where previously, maybe you did something two days in a row, maybe Monday, Tuesday, you managed to get up 15 minutes early and go for a walk. Wednesday, maybe there was an early morning meeting with a different time zone. And I say that because that's just very relevant to Singapore. Um, but maybe you didn't go for a walk in the evening. Maybe you could have, maybe it just didn't cross your mind, right? So when you see how many days in a row you're able to do something as well, I think that adds another level of motivation. So then the week after, or even later in the week, let's say Wednesday, you didn't make the 15 minute walk, then go, okay, well, cool. So let's look at Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm going to try and go three days in a row and see how many days in a row you can be consistent before you break that streak. Um, I think James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, said um, something to the effect of never miss something twice. So you never mm. want to go two days, like one day is fine, that happens, that's okay. But you really want to get to a point where it's not like two days in a row that you miss out on doing something. But again, that only works if you're working on one or two things at a time. It doesn't work mm, if you're trying yeah. to change six habits at once. Yeah, exactly. I like the idea of the habit tracking apps. That's pretty cool. I have to Ooh. check that out. There's a, quite a number of apps. I've at some point downloaded all of them, I think. <laughs> That's just how I work as a person. I download all the apps and then I am like, okay, I don't like that interface. I don't like that one. I don't like that one. That one's okay. I'll come back to that one. And then I find what I actually end up using. And, and then that's the one that I stick with. So in terms of habit tracking apps, tons, um, people can even put reminders on their phone, right? Like that's pretty practical as well. Yeah, exactly. That's what I've got going in my calendar app, even just to remind myself to stretch and do basic things like that. Otherwise, you just forget. It's it's easy. You just, just put it off. Get to bedtime. You're like, oh my god, I didn't do that thing, and I didn't do that other thing, and oh my gosh, I'm really finding itemizing things as much as I can and getting into like granular detail. Um, in my task management app, I like to use ClickUp. For me, it's like amazing. That is really helping me because the more specific and the more you break down a task the more dopamine you get because then it's like, oh, instead of it being one thing, it's actually six. It's like I have to do this, but then this relates to this and that bit relates to task one and two. And that keeps that ball of like, okay, I get that done, I get the hit of dopamine. I get that done, I get the hit of dopamine going. And I think once, often once we start, it's so much easier to keep going. And often there's like this big, like sometimes we have this emotional blockage almost. It's like, oh, it's too hot. It's raining outside. I don't want to go for a walk because it's raining. Um, you know, I, I don't have my shoes here. I left my shoes at work. My running shoes are at work. Like what to do? Like just get out of the house with whatever shoes you have and just walk. Like it just doesn't matter. <laughs> we, we can get by. Mm. It, you, you will survive. We'll find a way. Um, I think too, it kind of teaches you to overcome all those hurdles which are not nearly as bad as what we often think. That they no, are. exactly. What habit would you say mm. is underrated when it comes to habit formation? You mentioned sleep before and drinking water. I think sleep, just like just get to bed 
mm-hmm. either a little earlier and stop mucking around on your phone mm-hmm. or um, whatever it is, your device with the screen right up on the brightest setting yeah. and just scrolling, wasting an hour and then not being able to fall asleep for another hour. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, I've spoken to a couple of new clients recently and they say that they might get five or six hours sleep, but two of those hours in their room is just spent scrolling or sitting on the laptop working and they, and they say, oh, I don't really need to do that. Mm. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, okay, let's stop doing that. And you can get a couple more hours sleep and you're going to feel so much better. Um, but one, I guess, a simple habit would be leave your phone in the living room or leave it out of the bedroom mm. in general. Mm. Um, if you need an alarm, then put your phone on, do not disturb and have an alarm, but mm. um, don't check it through the night. Have it away from you, I away just, from the bed. I that's, can't that's an easy one. Dan, people who look at their phone like in the middle of the night like mm. why why would you get your brain so active when it's meant to be so inactive <laughs> mm. what are you actually going to do a good job of at that hour I mean it it just blows yeah. my mind that people do that but I think to a lot of the the mindless scrolling is in a sense people just trying to escape from their nine to five or their eight to eight because who works nine to five right um I, so I think a lot of that is people just wanting to have time to do something mindless because they feel so engaged during the day and people are, people work just so reactively. Like people really, I think, find it hard to just let there be a message, an unread message or an unread email on their phone. It's like the mm. sky is not going to fall. Do you know, I mean, everyone will be okay if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten really good at letting my phone buzz, like feeling my phone vibrate or my watch vibrate and then not looking at it. Yeah, that's hard to do, isn't it? I'm I'm getting, I'm really happy. <laughs> I'm in a good place with that. I'm letting it vibrate. I'm letting it buzz. Yeah. And I'm just letting myself continue with what I'm doing and finishing that task so mm-hmm. I can close that mental tab and then go and give it the attention that it needs. And I think this is a really quick way that people get overwhelmed is they open so many mental tabs at once. It's like, oh, my phone buzzed. Oh, I got a notification on my on my laptop. Oh, my iPad is telling me it needs to be updated. Oh, my my kettle just boiled, so now I need to go and make some tea. It's like, just, okay, do one thing. Finish one thing. Start the next task. <laughs> it's so much more satisfying. Yeah. It's so yeah. much more satisfying because otherwise you're sat there feeling as though you're being pulled in four different directions and then not actually getting traction in, in any of those tasks. And people have so much mental clutter, which interferes with productivity. I, I think if we were to just mm. spend more time clearing our minds, getting a piece of paper, writing down everything that's on our mind, without looking at a screen, then looking at all of the tasks that have common denominators, so putting them to categories of, okay, so this is for health and fitness, this is for the house, this is for the family, what have you, and then going with one direction and just getting all of those tasks done before the next one. I think people would find they have Mm, so much more time to do things that 
matter to them or that they say matter to them or things that they want to prioritize, such as their health and fitness. Yeah, and just feeling less frantic and overwhelmed again comes back to that, doesn't it? Mm. And the coffee. Kind of reduce the overwhelm. All of the coffee yeah. before 2 p.m. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just getting off your phone and unwinding, detach mm. so you can de-stress is important, I think. Mm. I think people want to feel as though they're being productive and they associate productivity with a screen when actually productivity mm. is getting something done. And that doesn't have to involve a screen. Often with work, yes, it can. I don't, yeah, it does. But it, it's actually finishing a task. Productivity is starting a task, finishing a task in the shortest amount of time possible whilst doing that task at the highest degree of proficiency possible. You know, that's what productivity yeah. means to me. And then having clarity on the next task and then doing the same for the next task. Productivity is not having a bajillion tasks to do, um, nor does that make a person more important. Um, I think we are too quick to associate busyness with importance. Like, oh, I'm busy. Okay, good for you. You must be so important. <laughs> it's almost become like a status thing, mm. I feel. Instead of just being productive in less time because you're efficient. Mm. dedicating your time to one you know spending time on one thing at a time yeah yeah correct um are there any habits that you're working on with clients at the moment which might be different to what they were working on or what you would suggest people work on like last year or even five years ago Uh, as simple as water intake. Mm. Would that be is that what you're thinking? Like a really simple habit like that. Mm. Um, That's a good one. Just because most clients just don't drink enough water, um, so keeping a track, you know, tracking that by having a, a two liter bottle of water that they've got to get through for the day, uh, and just asking them each week at their check in how they've gone with that among various other variables that would affect results for the week mm. but that's something pretty simple uh, and a common a common problem I guess that people just don't drink enough water mm, for sure mm. I believe the lymphatic system alone turns over about three liters um, at night and by composition it's 90 percent water so yeah, okay. Which I think then works out to be about 2.6 litres um, of water. So if that's mm -hmm. not even being consumed, I would think then in most instances the lymphatic system isn't even able to function at an optimal level because it's it's not even getting through 2.6 litres and that's what it turns over each night. Mm. So I'm like, bro, you need four litres of water. It's in this climate it's a you just you cannot survive on less than four I really feel I really feel like four liters a day in Singapore wow okay I really feel <laughs> needs to be the minimum I yeah mean, constantly 90 percent humidity and 32 mm. 33 degrees celsius yeah that's extreme yeah it's hard 
<laughs> oh, and then, you know, if you're active, of course, in addition to that, if if you're an active person, we know we need to replace liquid at a ratio of two to one. So if you lose a liter through sweat um, due to exercise, you need to consume two liters to replace that loss later. It's not a one to one ratio. It's actually two to one, which a lot of people don't wouldn't be aware of. So, yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, hydration. when people when people are struggling to drink a liter, I start with two and then go, okay, now it's two and a half, three. <laughs> yeah, but saying three, yeah, going from one to three is like oh, just too much. You know? mm, yes. To have those little those stepping stones, those little building blocks to bridge yeah. along the way. Yeah. Mm. I, I do that with when it comes to like protein intake. If we're looking to get to 1.5 grams per kilo um per day, I usually for most people take that as more of like a, a 12 to 16 week goal. It's like, okay, so you're currently consuming one gram. So let's say they're having 60 grams in a day. I'm like, okay, well, we want to get that closer to 90 consistently by like by April. <laughs> so let's try and have some days where we hit 75 and let that become the overarching norm. And when 75 is like easy, normal, doable, which I feel we should be able to get there in the next six weeks, then let's get to like 85, if not 90. Um, but that is typically a 16 week time frame which I work with people on getting there that's really challenging I find for a lot of people they're like I have to have how much protein I'm like yeah that's not 100 grams yeah. of chicken like 100 grams of chicken mm. is gonna get you like a third of the way so that's not bad but that's that's a third and they're like oh my god I'm so full all the time I'm like because it's protein mm. like, this is just what it's meant to be like um, but of course then recovery improves greatly, um, muscle soreness decreases, uh, people feel that they can bounce back from movement a lot easier. Obviously we see much more muscle definition, strength. Um, but yeah, I would say that's a really, really common one I encounter with people and at least for most people, 16 weeks, uh, to see that increase because I would say mm. most people are having one gram per kilo more or less um and then we take it from there yeah it's more common it's more common than not isn't it mm, consuming exactly. very little protein yeah um hmm. and then wondering why they're not seeing any change wondering why you know they're feeling hungry all the time why they crave sugar at 3 p.m 2 3 p.m like well you're also bored probably but you know aside from that you're not satiated because like a protein yeah exactly and also like of hydration because we know that you know hydration is you know increases satiation improves digestion um and all those other good things um what is it that you think people put too much effort and time into when it comes to behavioral change and habits like where do people go wrong which habits do they aim for which are maybe not worth their time and their effort or at least maybe not at the beginning of their journey or not towards the start i'm thinking more of what people think they need to 
spend their money on when they don't really need um i can't think of any other habits off the top of my head where they need to do everything at once um not not a common one but people think they've got to buy a huge range long list of supplements to you know get results when they're going to get most of what they need or everything that they need from whole foods and eating properly. Mm. Um, like they think they think they've got to get BCAAs, glutamine, L-carnitine, mm-hmm. fat burners, all of these things when you can just spend money on proper food, yeah. train properly, um, <laughs> and you're going to get the results. Whereas those things are, some of those things are a nice to have in mm. the nice to have column, mm-hmm. but are they going to, uh, determine whether or whether or not you get results compared to the next person who doesn't take them. No, mm, I don't believe. I don't believe that. I would echo that. Mm. I think it's again maybe like a little bit of a status thing to have like a protein shaker. It kind of makes people feel important. Like, hey, look at me. I'm into health and fitness. I'm like, cool. <laughs> Drinking their BCAs in the gym. Oh my gosh! I'm like. So that's expensive urine right there. Yeah, amazing. Um, <laughs> I, I would yeah. say some supplements, as you mentioned, are like nice to have, worth it. If you know that you have nutritional deficiencies, of course, that mm. makes sense. Um, you know, for a lot of people, protein powders can be convenient because. Oh, yeah. I'd say lifestyle. that's the exception. Should yeah. have said that. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. If. For example, I've worked with an oncologist before and literally did not sit down to eat. That that was just, unfortunately, the nature of her lifestyle. And I'm like, cool, so then, you know, some protein bar, some protein cookies, protein shakes is going to help us reach those protein goals. Because if you're not physically able to sit and eat um, a prepared meal, then it's better we get you some protein of some sort even if it's not the greatest form, than to have zero protein at all. So, yeah, mm. I think when we consider lifestyle especially and maybe choice of diet, you know, if someone is vegetarian or if they are vegan or if they eliminate, eliminate other um, sources of protein from animals um, or whether that be eggs, maybe some people don't have eggs because they have an egg sensitivity, which, you know, I, I know is a, a common thing then for sure it makes sense um for performance uh creating is great um but as you say like a lot of people yeah. sipping on their bcaas because they taste nice and it's like kool-aid but <laughs> is it actually doing much oh well you know mm. maybe maybe not um yeah i guess for a lot of people even on the Gold Coast, even in sunnier parts of Australia, vitamin D is a common nutritional deficiency, um, magnesium as well. So they would be two that I encourage people to look at and be, yeah. t- be tested on. Like get the in what does the blood say? Okay. Like what is the what is the insight? What is the evidence there? Um and then yeah, that's what I have to say as well. Yeah. I, those two. Well, and mm-hmm. also magnesium, I think, great with sleep quality, um, when it comes to recovery from training, muscle soreness. Um, it just has so many great benefits. So, and it's a very common deficiency. Um, I I really recommend magnesium to just about everybody. Um, iron as well, especially for uh, women of 
uh, menstruating age. I did a recent podcast with a, a doctor here in Singapore who specializes in iron. Um, and that was super informative. So I definitely suggest women especially get tested for their ferritin, their stored iron. Um, I didn't know I was incredibly deficient in that. So that makes a lot of a difference when you have sufficient sufficient. Mm. Yeah, definitely blood work is what you need before you go and take things like that because it can if you don't need it, you can throw things out of whack. Yeah. And yeah, if, if you, you can, can get it from food and get all the other benefits mm-hmm. of having eaten that food, then why wouldn't you mm-hmm. make that your your source of that nutrient? Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. I see a lot of people going for runs or, you know, telling me that they, they run, but they hate running. So I think that as a goal <laughs> should not be a goal. If, if you don't like running, you should not have a goal surrounding running. Like you're just out of alignment, right? It's not going to work out. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> I, I think you can get, uh, you can work on your aerobic fitness in other ways i think if you have the desire to run a marathon or half marathon or 5k or 10k because you like running and you you want Mm -hmm. to overcome those hurdles to reach that milestone i think that's amazing but i feel as though too often people tell me they're like oh yes like i go for a run twice a week and i'm like doesn't sound like that's a fun thing for you and they're like yeah i hate running i'm like please stop (laughs) yeah it's not going to contribute to gaining muscle and strength and if if that's your goal then focus on going to the gym and building muscle and gaining strength yeah I think people really approach strength and building muscle mass uh the slow way I guess I would say a lot of the time group fitness classes Mm. Pilates, yoga, and they can all be great for the right person in the right circumstances, but it's just not the most efficient way to build muscle, I would say. Definitely not, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, we'll have to come up with another topic to discuss. I think this is really going to help a lot of people who hopefully are feeling inspired to revisit what they set out at the start of the year to achieve those intentions they had again most people give up by the final day of January and most people have a goal related to health fitness nutrition so I I hope people hear this and realize that it's okay to restart like if you've stopped by this point you still have 11 more months of 2023 like it's okay you didn't get it perfect, that's fine. I mean, no one has ever lived a perfect life. No one has ever gone like 85 years living a perfect life. We have all made mistakes. We've all had to overcome challenges. We've all, you know, had to learn how to do things better. So I really hope people hear this and give themselves another chance and say, do you know, I can create change. I'm just going to start with one thing I'm gonna really focus on doing that one thing well doing it as often as I can given my lifestyle and then I'm gonna take it from there and 
just get out of their own way. I think so many of us kind of get in our own way. We shoot ourselves in our own foot and Mm -hmm. keep ourselves from getting to where we want to be. So, yeah, I hope that's the take-home message. Thank you so much for having me on again, Laura. That was, um, yeah. Thanks for coming back. I mean, the first episode killed it. So, you know, it's definitely... um, a voice and a, a mantra and an ethos that people need to hear. They need to understand the realness of what it takes and not just look at the pretty, shiny, you know, influences, influences and think it's just so easy and that those people have it all together in the most amazing life. Like we've all been on a journey to get to where we are right now. And um, it is exactly that. It's, it's a journey. It's a process. It evolves over time. It changes over time. It's anything but perfect. It's pretty imperfect, if anything. <laughs> it's it's really imperfect. Um, mm-hmm. But I think if you keep going, you will get somewhere. You have no other option but to, to get somewhere. So I, I thank you so much for sharing your insights. And I, I look forward to thinking of another thing that we can discuss. That'd be cool. Thanks again for having me. My pleasure. Enjoy the, well, I was going to say the sun, but it's not so sunny. I hope it's a little sunnier tomorrow for you. <laughs> Thanks. It's same to you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's also same weather. It's really overcast over here, like two weeks now at least. So we'll find yeah. the sun somewhere. <laughs> Enjoy. Talk okay. to you soon. Talk soon, Jake. Bye. Okay. Bye. Guys, that's it. That's a wrap. That's all we've got time for. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Real Talk with your gal pal. That's me, Laura Rogers. Please be sure to leave us a review. Give us your feedback on what else you would like me to talk about. I always want to deliver content on things that excite you and that are going to benefit you in your health and fitness journey. So do give us a review. Before you forget, I know you're busy. I've got to run off and record another episode. Do check us out on the other social media platforms listed below as well because you might just like what you see or hear there. So, you know, be sure to do that. I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode. And again, please leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. It would mean the absolute world to me. Stay healthy and I'll see you in the next one.